You're listening to Life Church Podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter. Thank you, Pastor Dave. Um, let's take our Bibles and turn in Matthew to chapter 21. Um, and we're going to look at um, one of sort of the um, often overlooked miracles of, um, of Jesus this morning. And that is where he uh, curses the fig tree, where he withers the, uh, the bush, if you will. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take just a few minutes and talk about a couple of highlights from, from what I see in this particular passage in, in the context of what today is all about, and that is uh, being fruitful, sending out people and being fruitful and, and making a difference for the kingdom of God. Um, there's a lot of symbolism here. So you, can, you can read and, and, and enjoy a whole lot of, of uh, information about this particular passage here if you would like to do that. And uh, maybe we'll come back sometime and, 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 and give a bit more of a fuller um, uh, presentation of this particular passage. But just want to take a few minutes because I want to give Pastor Dave some time this morning as well. I'm praying that this is not all getting fragmented for you as we are doing all these things this morning. Um, but I want him to talk about the Mission House, how it came about and all of that. We want to introduce our, our team for you and then we want to commission them and we want to involve you in that commissioning process for them. So there's, there's a lot in this service today, but I hope that that theme of of uh, being sent out by God and bearing fruit comes through really loud and clear for all of us. Um, so could we just pray for a moment here? Father, we, we do desperately need you. We want so much to please you. We want so much to make a difference. We want so much to have our lives have impact. And the enemy would tell us that that has to be in big and, and powerful and dynamic ways. And yet... You are powerful when someone sits with someone who's hurting and, and who is desperate or, or uh, gives water to someone who's thirsty and, and in need. You are there uh, when that person who is so alone has someone to stand beside them and care. You are there in the very simple little things that can be done, loving a child, uh, caring about a neighbor those types of things. So I, I pray today, God, that we would, we would get it. We would understand our, our eyes and our hearts would be open to see the, the avenues and the venues, God, that, that you would use to express your vast love to many, many people who so desperately need your love to change them. And so I pray for this neighborhood today, Lord, that you, you would indeed, as you have been, hover here, Hover in this neighborhood, in this area of our city. Would you, would you be present? Holy Spirit, would you dwell here in powerful ways? Would you do amazing things among us? Uh, just like you do in Swaziland, just like you do in China, just like you do in other parts of the world. Would you be here and would you be powerful, Lord, so that Life Church can be effective to the people that we are trying to reach out to? And then, God, would you help us this morning to hear something from you, God? Something in a very, very wonderful way. Would you just tap our hearts this morning and would you renew your passion in us? Would you ignite that passion uh, inside of each of us today, Lord, that would carry us forth? Uh, Would you open the doors of opportunity for us, God? 
So I pray that you use these words for the next few moments to do exactly that, God. And uh, we give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's look at Matthew chapter 21. And um, I'd like to uh, start out at verse 18 here and just kind of take you through uh, this, this passage and then give you about two or three highlights of it here, okay? It says, in the morning, he was returning to the city. He had been in, in, into the city. He had gone out to Bethany. And now it's the next morning. He's returning back to the city. Uh, some amazing, intense things had happened uh, prior to his leaving and going outside the city, all right? So now, in the morning, he is, as he's returning to the city, he became hungry. And seeing a fig tree by the wayside, he went to it and found nothing on it but only leaves. And he said to it, may no fruit ever come from you again. And the fig tree withered at once. When the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, how did the fig tree wither at once? And Jesus answered them, truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, it will happen. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Um, this, is not an, this is not an easy passage to open up and, and, and to lay out in sermon form. Um, and uh, it, it, it's, it's been quite interesting for me in preparation of this morning. And I've decided to keep this quite simple and not get into to too many things here this morning. I hope I don't segue too far because for the sake of time and, and for what we're trying to accomplish this morning, I, I want to I keep it pretty simple here. Uh, so I just want to take a few minutes and talk to you about this idea of us as a church, life church, being fruit-bearing. I want to I talk to you for just a minute out of this particular passage about this idea of being fruit-bearing. Uh, I have been out to Jack's farm numerous times uh, during this uh, planting and harvesting and all of that that we've been doing for the neighborhood. And one of the things that I noticed at Jack's farm, now he has, he has given me uh, squash and uh, zucchini and tomatoes and uh, some kind of little leaves that my wife makes pesto, pesto with, whatever you call that, that stuff. Yeah, that stuff. Um, <laughs> he's given me onions. He's given me turnips. Uh, there's a lot of things he's given me. But the thing that I've noticed that I haven't received from Jack are the apples on the apple tree. They are absolutely stunning. Uh, they're big. There's some of them are really, really big. And, and I, I also know that there is an apple tree at Pastor Dave's house as well. Now, he, at least he has, has hinted that he might share some apples with me. I just haven't seen them yet, of course, but, but he has hinted that he might share apples with me. But there's something about a fruit tree. There's something about watching it and watching it bud uh, in, in the spring and then watching those little apples form or those other fruits form. My parents, when I was growing up in South Georgia, we had two fig trees. Now, when we talk about fig trees, we're talking big, honking fig trees. 
I could climb up inside of them. Now, you didn't want to do that very much because the leaves were a bit toxic. And, and if the leaves rubbed against your skin, you would actually sting. It would sting your skin. And for some people, sensitive people, it would actually cause rashes. But we could climb. It was a fun tree to climb in because if you got down low and it kind of went inside in the middle, you could climb up the limbs and not touch the leaves that were all on the outside. The big, beautiful green leaves on the fig trees. And they just hide the tree. It's just like this big, almost like a green bubble, if you will. And we had several of them, and we would climb up in them. My mom would make us climb up in them when the figs were ripe, and they were great big purple figs. And we would help pick them, and then they would do all kinds of things with them, and we would just eat them. And the birds would try to come, and they would try to figure their way in around those toxic leaves to try to get to those figs. It was a wonderful, wonderful experience in my youth to be able to do that. But I remember my mom talking about and watching the fig tree. She would be watching. She was very concerned about weather and about the birds and different things because you didn't get really but one really good picking off of the fig tree, hardly. And then it was, it was little bits after that. But, but that one, that first big pick of the fig tree was very, very important. And so I, I, I relate a little bit to this story here because of the sense of anticipation that was in us about getting the figs. And we had peaches in our yard when I was growing up. Beautiful, sweet peaches from Georgia. They were absolutely marvelous and so sweet. And we, we couldn't wait for the opportunity to pick those first peaches and eat them. And then we would make ice cream and put peaches on it. it was, it's a wonderful life down there, folks. It really, really is. Um, but I came here, and I, I, I long for apples now because I see apple trees in people's yards. And so I long to get apples, you know, and, and they're, just, they're just luscious. And it was great to see them. And, and I was sad when I heard a couple of people say when the hailstorm came through recently in our community that some of their apple trees were, were harmed by the hailstorm. And some of their apples actually had holes in them or, or, or bruised spots on them because of that. And you could just, you could feel the anguish of people, oh, our crop of apples, you know. And so we have Jesus here, and he has, he has had an intense time in the city. And he, he leaves the city, and he goes out uh, to, to, to rest and, and to sleep. And he has his sleep. And, and the, the passage here says that early in the next morning that he gets up, and he's on his way back into the city, if you will, all right? Now, keeping in mind, there's, there's nothing more wonderful than finding a, a, a ripe piece of fruit to pick right off the tree and eat. There's something really marvelous about that. You know, in, inside of us, in our human nature, there's something great about that. And, and, and so he's walking along, and I, I want to point out here just something briefly. Uh, he, he is walking along, and the Bible says that Jesus is hungry. Jesus is hungry, and I just want to, I want to take note of that, that, that this Jesus who is fully God is also fully man, and he was hungry. He, he felt the, the, the human condition. He understood the, the human condition, if you will. And, and I think that that's important for us to point out as we go out and as we try to bear spiritual fruit within our community. Jesus got hungry. Jesus got tired. Jesus probably got blisters on his feet. He probably got uh, injuries on his hands and, and, and bled when he worked in, in, the, in the constructing of, of things with, with Joseph. And, and why would this be important to us? 
Hebrews chapter 4 says in verse 15, We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And I, I, I bring that to you out of this, this miracle this morning to say to you that one of the places that I feel the greatest weakness in my own life is when I need to share the gospel or when I feel the burden to go out and share the gospel with other people. When I think of a neighborhood and trying to share the gospel and reach people, that is where I feel weak. That is where oftentimes I, I feel that I need something from you, God. I, th- this is certainly something I cannot do on my own. This is something I cannot do in my own strength. I need you. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. And I don't think that's bad to understand that. I don't think it's bad to recognize that. I think it's actually good for us to recognize where our weakness lies. Paul says that in our weakness, we will be made strong. We, we find strength in, in the weaknesses because of Christ, Christ in us. Christ working through us. And I think it's important that you and I not go out feeling overly confident and, and, and overly assured about uh, sharing Jesus with others. I think it's very important to understand realistically that we are going into the world. We're going into the kingdom of darkness to do battle, to do warfare, if you will, to bring light into that darkness, to share with people, to confront bondages and, 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 and shackles and, and all of those things that, that are in people's lives and to bring them the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that should not be taken lightly. And so our call to you today to go in the name of Jesus, to be sent out and, and to, to bear fruit, if you will, in the kingdom of God in your life, to, to, to walk in that joy and, 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 and that peace and that, that goodness of God and all of that. God wants and desires that for us, but that is no easy task for us. And I, I want us to understand that, that Pastor Dave and I, when we talk about this kind of stuff and when we bring a, 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 a group who are going to do some extensive work in the neighborhood like we're going to do today, we, we are not placing uh, demands on you without realizing that this is a challenge for all of us. And here's the amazing thing is that Jesus understands these weaknesses. Jesus can sympathize with our weakness. And so we can have confidence to go to him. We can, we can have great confidence as we go to Jesus because he understands what we feel inside of us. He is not aloof to us. He is not distant to us. He is not unfamiliar with what we are feeling and the struggles that we're going through. He was hungry and he's walking along the road seeing this fig tree on the road. He goes up to it. He doesn't find anything on it um, except leaves, of course. And, and, and I, I don't doubt that they're very beautiful leaves, but... He finds nothing else. And in doing so, he says to this fig tree, he speaks to the fig tree. um, And and he says, you know, may you never bear fruit again. Um, So, okay, what's going on here? You know, this is Jesus. And he is cursing this fig tree. And fig trees were a source of inexpensive food in this day for, for the people um, in the spring, you know, the, the, it, it puts forth these, these edible buds, if you will, and, the, and this fruit. 
Um, and uh, um, it's, it's amazing uh, that all of a sudden we have this situation of, of these 30-something miracles that we've alluded to, uh, many of them in, in this series, um, that uh, this one seems to be different. This one seems to be set apart from the others. It has, it has something of this sense of um, a, a destructiveness about it. You know, he's cursing this tree. Uh, and, and, and uh, you know, I mean, I have, I have some mercy, probably not a lot. I wish I had a lot more than I do, but I do have some mercy. Uh, I, I didn't score very high in that area on our, on our, our uh, inventory that we did in spiritual gifts. I, I scored higher on more on that prof- prophetic side and proclaiming and, and all of that. But there's some of you in this church that you went out of the ballpark on this mercy side. I mean, you are... You are out there somewhere. And, and even, even a story like this, what? He cursed the tree, you know, the poor little tree. Um, I know it wasn't bearing fruit, but it had leaves on it. Come on, you know. But, but so, so what is Jesus trying to do here? What is he, what is he trying to say here? And, and I can honestly say to you, I, I'm not exactly sure all of what he's trying to say here. But, but I think that there's something that we can just reach in here and extract and pull out of here uh, and, and, and look at that I think is important to look at and that sometimes we don't look at, and that is this judiciary side of Jesus, the side of judge. And that is a part of, of Christ. And, and, and you know what a lot of people do? They pick up Jesus like they do a Barbie doll. Or a Ken doll. Guys, go along with me for just a minute here, okay? I just saw a couple of you go, oh, come on. <laughs> All right. But, but uh, okay, guys, pick up your G.I. Joe. All right? You're welcome. <laughs> you know, but, but you, you're kind of walking along and, and you're looking at your, your, your guy or your Barbie or whatever, and you're going, oh, well, you know, I don't like that part. And so you just take it off. You drop it, and you just keep going. Oh, you know, I don't like that part. I don't want that, you know. And along the way, you're picking up other things. Saying, well, you know, I'd rather you be this way. Well, retailers understood that. That's why they started to give you Barbie dolls that you could dye their hair. Because you didn't like the blonde Barbie, or you didn't like the red-headed Barbie, or you didn't like the black-haired Barbie. And so you could, you know. But, but what I'm saying here is we, we, we do Jesus that way. We, we relegate Jesus to some kind of, possession, if not worse, a toy. And, and, and we make Jesus what we want Jesus to be. And so, I like you, Jesus, you're the healer. I, I like you, Jesus, you're, you're the one who gives salvation. I like you, Jesus, you're the one who blesses. I like you, Jesus, you give revelation. I like you, Jesus, you're judge. Oh, no, you know, I don't like that. And so, we don't include that aspect of Christ. And I, I want to challenge you and I that we realize that according to this miracle, this ability, this authority to, to curse a tree of nature, we see here something in Christ that might for some of us be troubling. But for all of us, it should be challenging. And that is that God does not like unfruitfulness. 
He does not want lives that are not producing fruit, if you will. So I think there is a lesson in all of this for us, even in, in this idea of authority, that, that God's intent is for you and I to be fruit-bearing. God wants something to be happening in us, in our lives, all right? 